You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Mamba and Andrew Cooper. What is going on, everybody? John Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. Welcome into the Quick Out Fantasy Football Podcast. Coop, we are back here today talking some wide receiver ADPs for redraft fantasy football leagues. Uh, we are just mere weeks away from the start of the NFL season, which means I know many of you out there tuning in here today are gearing up for your fantasy football drafts. Coop, you are fresh off the Fantasy Football Expo from last week. Man, how was it? The expo was awesome, man. And it really is finally redraft season. That's I love these shows best, honestly, because we talk all the dynasty and the best ball and all that. But now we finally have redraft ADPs. I was there uh, covering the Queens Classic, the IDP draft, the Kings Classic, all those drafts. So I was actually there watching draft boards, auction drafts, real drafts. Uh, I went to draft night out too, saw a million boards. So not only do we have ADP, but we have actual real drafts of experts, fans, the whole deal. So mm-hmm. today is going to be the definitive show on wide receivers, right? Yep. Real ADP, real wide receivers, draft starting next week. Let's go. Uh, which is good news because our fantasy football draft guide, which is live and always being updated along with the fantasy football cheat sheet, which is always getting updated and live on site. Uh, you can grab that right now, your copy. You can get it free. If you sign up for an all-pro subscription, which gives you access to all of our premium content uh, on site and getting you ready for this upcoming NFL season. Or if you want to just go ahead and buy the draft guide and cheat sheet itself, you can get that there as well. But why not just sign up? Comes with a seven-day free trial. You get access to our premium Discord, get access to all the content that we have going on. Of course, the cover man of our draft guide this season is a wide receiver. It is C.D. Lamb. I know we're all pretty bullish here on the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver uh, this season, hopefully getting a full year to play with Dak Prescott, given Prescott's recent injury issues here. But uh, let's not waste much time, Coop. Let's just dive into what we got going on here today, talking ADP wide receivers. Uh, before we do that, I guess I should also do a quick mention here. We are doing a giveaway today. For those of you who are tuning in, we're giving away a free entry to the real-time fantasy sports Best Ball Championship Contest here. Again, uh, an opportunity to win $25,000. I mean, that is a big, nice chunk of change that you can win for free simply by staying with us in the show today. We're going to be giving out a trivia question at some point today. You answer that trivia question in chat. That free entry to the RT Sports Best Ball Championship will be yours. Hell yeah. We got some people trickling into the chat. Scott Frankel, what's up? Foxborough News popping in saying 16-man half PPR league, John. What's a good strategy? I'll tell you right from the rip, my guy. I would not leave that swing without a running back. 16, (laughs) that changes everything for me. 16 or more, you do realize how thin it gets. And I imagine if if you're going 16-man, that's probably a league that has two wide receivers, two running backs. Let me know if that's the case, Foxborough News. If that is the case, I really, truly, uh, I just push wide receivers down a little bit. That that's that's kind of the cheat code because you can piece that together. Whereas running back and even quarterback, John gets kind of tough in something like that. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, we know how quickly the ADPs will sneak up on you once you get to those you know middle rounds here. You know, pick sixteen, pick seventeen. You can go and get running backs like you know, tell them Tony Pollard, Derrick yeah. Henry uh Ramondre Stevenson or all in that range but like if you don't grab a running back and then you're swinging all the way back around now you're picking in the what the mid 30s 40s and that's kind of an RB 
dead zone area. So um, I'm with you there. I think I would grab an RB early and then kind of attack wide receivers. We're going to go over wide receiver ADP. So here's a great time for you to stick with right. us here and just see what wide receivers we're targeting uh, in these middle to later rounds. Uh, Scott Franklin chat. What's up, my guy? Uh, hopefully getting out to Vegas to see you soon, my friend. Uh, feels like it's been a little bit since I've been out there. So yeah, uh, we'll, you know. we'll make that uh, trip. Yeah, Fatty McCats in here. It is, in fact, Wednesday. It's hump day. So it's Wednesday, all, my dudes. We're, yeah, we're so, all here. Uh, let's get into it. Yeah, we're going to do some uh, some injury and news updates real quick. But sure. honestly, for me, Foxborough, if you stay tuned for the end of this segment, there's probably about five wide receivers where if they somehow make it to pick 16, 17, you just double tap wide receiver. Otherwise, I'm getting at least one. I'm forcing one running back there. I hate to do it. But in a league like that, you, you'll you'll feel the pain if you don't. Sure. Uh, you did mention, Coop, uh, some injury news to talk about because uh, basically right before we jumped on about an hour ago, we're getting reports out of the Lions camp. I'm on Ross St. Brown, pulls up Lehman, they're seven on seven, seen working out with trainers after the fact. And then Jamison Williams, once again, dealing with hamstring problems for him. Uh, so he's was seen on the sidelines. We've seen Russell Gage potentially a season-ending injury for him. Uh, thoughts, though, on the Lions here um, obviously, Jamison Williams already has his issues as it is with the suspension looming, but now he's been hurt twice in camp. You know, is this guy just going to keep falling behind the eight ball? These quick twitch guys, man, I'm telling you. And that's what I was saying all offseason about the Lions and the Bills. I wanted to see them do more just from a general standpoint. You know, like I know I'm technically a Patriots fan, but I like to see teams do the right thing. Right. You look at a team like, uh, like think about the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. They went out and they already had guys like Robert Woods and and uh, Cooper Cup, and they went out and traded for Odell at exactly the right time right. and made it happen, right? Uh, you look at teams like uh, the Chargers this year. That's what I would do. You have guys that are injury-prone, even even the slightest, like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Right. Go out and get Quinn Johnston. Now if they both get hurt like they did last year, you at least have uh, Palmer and Johnston right. and, and a real team still. With the, with the Lions and Bills, it is so thin. The Bills, that's what I talked about on the morning show today. I'm willing to bet the under on their win total simply because they have like a handful of guys. If they get hurt, they're done. And right. It's not just the quarterback with that team. Like if Stephon Diggs gets hurt, that team is in huge trouble. So, yeah, I was talking about that on the Better Sports Betting Show where we, we were talking about uh, AFC East betting odds to win the division. I'm saying they're like, I would not bet the Bills as the favorite here because one, the division is tough as it is, but also they didn't do anything to improve that team. They just drafted a tight end hoping he can play a big slot and immediately sort of buck the trend of rookie tight ends entering the league and immediately being successful. Um, so I'm kind of with you there. I, th I think the under on the bills is an interesting, uh, interesting bet there. Sure. Uh, Another well. piece of news. Uh, unfortunately, Russell Gage looks like uh, what's likely a season ending knee injury. Sure. So, uh, and that was very recent, but uh, I'm not sure if you have anything else, John, but those are those are the most recent ones for injury-wise, right? Yeah, not for injuries. Uh, if you want to just briefly touch upon some of these guys that we talked, you know, preseason games now, uh, week one behind us here. Uh, we are, as we mentioned, Patriots fans. We got to watch uh, the Patriots and Houston Texans go at it. Uh, and Tank Dow is mostly uncoverable. That man is super fast running horizontally across the field. Uh, so those who maybe were wondering how he looks at an NFL level because of his size – uh, looks impactful against the Patriots starting defensive core there. So um, very cheap in drafts can take a moment with your last pick here, but I would imagine more people starting to see him rise on their draft boards after the initial preseason. Yeah. I mean, 
So I'm a little skeptical on that simply because the Patriots philosophy has kind of always been the bend don't break, right, John, where you go back and watch the games last year, guy like James Cook over the middle, just kind of beat him up there. They're willing to give you that and then try and hold you to a field goal. It's kind of essentially yeah. been they a did philosophy. Break, though. He did score touchdowns. He did <laughs> score, yeah. So, uh, you know, tanked out, it's exciting for sure, but again, not the biggest player. I, I still personally would rather take stabs on Nico Collins and John Mechie, but kind of exciting there. Now, sure. on the opposite end, there was a big player that made some big plays with A.T. Perry. He looks pretty good, and he's the kind of guy where, you know, personally I'm not going after him and redrafting stuff right away, but I would make a little note. If Michael Thomas goes down, A.T. Perry is the next big boy on that squad. Obviously, Rashid Shahid is a field stretcher. Chris Olave is a classic flanker. But Perry, he's, he's a big fella, and people had high hopes for him before the draft. They got to kind of steal on him there, and he looked pretty good this week from what I saw. Yeah, listen, we're always looking for those late-round guys that kind of pop and make teams. Um, you know, we've seen that in, in New England, obviously, with Davis, the way he's starting to make some noise uh, in camp. Well, guys like Tyquan Thornton, who was a second-round pick last year, is getting pushed down the draft board, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. down the rotation, rather, in New England here. So, um, you know, thoughts on just kind of a, another quick overview of the rest of the wide receiver position following week one of the preseason. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple notes out there. Uh, Nathan Janke of PFF noted that uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba played when DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett didn't. He also noted that in 12 personnel, which is two tight end sets, he came out of the game. Kind of interesting there. Also, uh, when you look at what the Giants did, they had Isaiah Hodgins playing while other guys got the night off. Uh, they also had the rookie Jalen Hyatt playing, but I mean, it's right. more reasonable for the rookie. So kind of interesting there, but again, preseason stuff. Let's get into some rankings here. Uh, before we do that, just wanted to say what's up to Albert, Joey, Scott, Toronto, Dave, everybody popping in the chat. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Make sure you hang with us because we're doing a giveaway today. $25 entry to win $25,000 on RT Sports if you win the whole thing. So hang with us, but let's get started on some ADP, John. Yeah, let's talk about, talk about the top 12 wide receivers here uh, on the board. Uh, you know, this is our RT Sports ADP that we're taking a look at. Again, RT Sports giving away a free best ball championship entry. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, C.D. Lamb, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson up to wide receiver eight, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle are your top 12, your wide receiver ones coming off the board over in RT Sports. Um, Coop, when we look at this wide receiver position here, how apt are you to grab, you know, one of these wide receivers in the first round, or do you find yourself sticking more to the traditional running back route? Yeah, right now uh, I'm I'm going Jefferson Chase one two and then easy pick for CMC at three. I'm taking Tyreek Hill uh, once uh, the running backs I like are off the board. Cooper Cup I'm kind of shying away from. Sure. A little worried about the injuries and everything there. Uh, I have Stephon Diggs actually ranked over CD Lamb, but I like taking both of those guys. So to for Toronto, sorry not Toronto Dave for Foxborough News, I mentioned earlier there's about five guys that I'd be willing to double tap at that uh 16 17 turn there it's like obviously jefferson chase won't make it tyree kill probably won't but if you're sitting there and everybody's loading up on running backs maybe i would go stefan Diggs, cd lamb uh at that spot otherwise i'm, I'm doing my best to get a, a running back but those are the guys i'm going for and again cooper cup i just need more clarity on what's going on with the situation over there before i get back on that wagon it's just first round picks are too expensive you know 
Yeah, well, that's where I'm looking at it with Cooper Cup as well. It's it's the Matt Stafford effect, right? The, what does this guy have left to give after the way things ended uh, with the injuries last year? You know, we know that he is not an overly durable player over the last couple of seasons. He's had trouble towards the ten, end of tenure uh, with Detroit. We know he got banged up last year as well. The elbow was a problem. He's one of the biggest reasons why I was down on the Rams uh, offense in general. Uh, so it's not even just the Cooper Cup injury that he, you know, that he's looking to see him come back from. It's who's throwing him the football this year uh, because it ends up being like Stetson Bennett. You know, I don't think Cooper Cup's paying off his wide receiver four uh, tag here. You know, the other one I want to ask you about is we see on this right here, both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are top 12 wide receivers. A.J. Brown going uh, about 11 picks ahead of Devonta Smith. Do you feel that A.J. Brown is maybe being drafted at his ceiling where there could be some lift still for Devonta Smith to move up the boards? Yeah, here's the problem that I run into with A.J. Brown and also Garrett Wilson is that I have Devonta Adams ahead of both of them. And I mean, I look at the Vegas odds for these guys and it's crazy that if you look at a, a site like DraftKings, they have the lines for A.J. Brown set at 75 receptions, 1,050 yards, and seven and a half touchdowns. 75 1,000, seven and a half. They have Devonta Adams set at 99 and a half receptions, right. 1,300 yards, eight and a half touchdowns. Every category, the sports books have him set ahead. Now, obviously, injuries baked in, but if they're baking that into their lines, maybe that we should bake that in. So I'd much rather draft Devonta Adams and then sprinkle a little money on A.J. Brown. Right. So that's what happens when you're at these top parts of the draft. If you move a guy two spots like that, it eliminates everybody else. If you come out and say C.D. Lamb is your wide receiver two, you're going to have C.D. Lamb in every league, right? right. So you got to be very careful tinkering with the rankings here, but I'm willing to do that. Again, it's like I don't really end up with Amon Ra, A.J. Brown, or Garrett Wilson because I like Devontae Adams and I like Jalen Waddle. Right. Devonta Smith is a guy that I absolutely get. And, uh, again, it, the decisions we have to make, I only get T. Higgins in leagues where I take Devonta Smith and then T. Higgins comes back around. Right. So it, it's kind of interesting the way it goes, but you got to pick your guys or not, John. Well, that's what it's about, right? And you mentioned, you know, where uh, Devontae Adams is falling in some drafts here and in the quarterback position and just the offense in general for the Raiders, I think, has a big part to that. It's not the talent that's the problem with Devontae Adams. It's it's just simply the talent that could be throwing him the football. Now, we saw a lot of success that he had with Derek Carr last year, but, you know, look at the quarterback room in, with the Raiders this year. And if Jimmy Garoppolo isn't able to finish a full season, which is something that he's obviously struggled to do over the course of his career, like then what? Who's throwing the football to Devontae Adams and how on earth is he supposed to be a top wide receiver one in fantasy football if that ends up being the case? And, and while you say injuries are sort of baked in, again, it's not necessarily just the injuries or of the player, but it's the injuries and potential offense of the team around him. It's one of the reasons why I'd rather take shots on an offense in Dallas with Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb, who I saw have a big year last year with missing Dak Prescott for half the season, then risk having to deal with Garoppolo or Hoyer or whomever is the quarterback there for well, uh, the I have, Raiders. First of all, you got to get on board with Aiden O'Connell, man. AOC, baby. Far yeah. left. Let's go. Uh, I, but I have, I do have C.D. Lamb ahead. So Lamb is where I draw that line. But right. guys like A.J. Brown and Amon Ra, I'm not – I'm just not feeling it, man. Even in full PPR with Amon Ross St. Brown, he got 150 targets last year and didn't sure. even crack, crack 1,200 yards. Like what kind of a – was he going to get 200 targets? I mean, maybe. 
Um, I, I definitely, definitely, maybe, but I, I agree with you. The, the very safe, of, just boring, you know. Yep. So that's where I'm at. Let's go. Let's let's get to the next group here. Sure. Uh, we'll break. But, we'll break it down. This is 13 to 24 uh, that we're looking at. So basically, your wide receiver twos in fantasy football here. Chris Alave coming off a of wide receiver 13. T Higgins, Calvin Ridley on RT Sports is your wide receiver 15. DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen. DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, DJ Moore, 13 to 24 there over on RT Sports. Uh, threw the image up of Calvin Ridley because it feels like he is one of the more debated players in fantasy football this year. We did the fantasy football debate series uh, article already on Calvin Ridley. Where do you stand on Ridley this year? Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. I You have been in on Ridley, and I was kind of cautiously optimistic. But I'll tell you what, after what we saw in the preseason this week, where Christian Kirk was kind of quietly the odd man out. He only played one snap out wide. He played in the slot and then came out. It was Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside. I thought it would be more of a case where Zay Jones comes out and and uh, Kirk moves to the outside. Now, if you want a piece of this team, it's kind of scary to go for Ingram. Kirk now, who seemed safe, seems like he might be in a Tyler Boyd type situation, which would be disgusting. Right. And Zay Jones, anytime he faces a real corner, just takes a day off. So if you want a piece of this offense, you're either drafting Trevor Lawrence or, you know, going for ETN or honestly, Calvin Ridley is starting to feel like a pretty good pick. Yeah, listen, like you mentioned, I, I was drafting Calvin Ridley early. I was buying in. Um, the last time we saw him play a full season in the NFL, uh, top five wide receiver, just an absolute stud. And Trevor Lawrence, I think here is better than Matt Ryan was then, given the where they were at in their careers. So I'm looking for Lawrence to take that step up this year. I do have a good amount of shares of Lawrence uh, this year and some drafts that I've already done. And a lot of that is because I think Calvin Ridley is the key to sort of unlocking that next step. Nothing against Christian Kirk. Great player last year. Exactly what they needed. They gave him the money. But we're talking, you know, horses and ponies here. And Calvin Ridley is a true horse when it comes to stud wide receiver. And if he's in the best shape, he's still young. He's active and he looked good then there's no reason for me to doubt this man's potential. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. You know, we we, we haven't seen him. The, I guess the one doubt I would have would be he just, when he played that brief year, the five games before he left and got suspended, without Julio Jones on the other side, he did not look great. So I do want to see him, you know, in these, in these premier matchups. But, you know, again, he had a lot going on. Some of those matchups are tough. He faced Jair Alexander, so I'm willing to give him a I'll, I'll also say that that Falcons team, you know, not very Bad. good. Didn't really have much else to help him out there. Like, teams will have to pay a little bit more attention to other guys on the on the Jags offense than uh, just Calvin Ridley there. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you guys I'm not really taking a ton of from this group. Uh, honestly, Chris Olave, just because it's, it's such an uncertain situation. If I'm going to spend up that high, I want certainty. And I prefer the certainty of the T Higgins situation to a Chris Olave one where now Michael Thomas is coming back. It's a new quarterback. Uh, you know, they have Juwan Johnson and, and Rashid Shahid and all these guys. Like, just to me, I, I completely understand the upside, but I just prefer the safety of a DK Metcalf or, or a T Higgins in that group. Uh, also, not really Daniel taking Samuel's on. Samuel's the one I'm fading. You don't go back. Yeah, and I was just going to say, Debo Samuel scares the hell of me. If, if we're scared of the. Uh, 1,050 yard line set for AJ Brown, then the line of 725 yards set for Debo Samuel right. has got to horrify you, man. I think for Debo Samuel, 
it, it's pretty obvious what Debo Samuel needs to be the Debo Samuel of old is he needs Christian McCaffrey to get hurt. And then they give him, you know, three, four, five, six carries a game and and he lines up in the backfield and catches passes out of the backfield. That's how he was able to get to 1,400 yards, right? right? But they got a guy for that now, right? Yeah. They liked Debo so much, they went out and got a, a guy that's better Christian at doing McCaffrey, what Debo does. better probably. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you 100% there. Um, you know, other guy from that list I do like and have a lot of shares of is Amari Cooper. Again, I'm, I, Me too. I might be the more bullish on Deshaun Watson than, than the field here, but I'm willing to give Deshaun Watson the benefit of a doubt that he came back last year, got his feet wet, picked up the pace of the NFL game again after that, that big layoff that he had. And now he's got like another full off season to get ready, another full off season of preseason training camp and all that stuff and ready to go. Um, if that ends up biting me, then then so be it. But I'm willing to bet on the quarterback that was than the quarterback that we saw in a short size sample from last season. And if that's the case, you're getting Watson at a great value. And while you're paying, you know, probably even money for his top wide receiver here, I, I do like Amari Cooper a lot this year. Yeah, that's the that's the part that's the trouble I have with Chris Olave is that it's a lot of it is hypothetical, right? Because last year he wasn't even a wide receiver too. Whereas like Devonta Smith and Amari Cooper, these guys finished as wide receiver ones in fantasy football, mm-hmm. you know? So, and we talk about, oh, well, Chris Olave got a quarterback upgrade. Well, so did, so did Amari Cooper, right? So okay. I mean, what exactly am I missing here where it's, it's that much cheaper? Like Chris Olave is a guy that I would like, I would love him if he was going wide receiver 19 or, or 20, like an unproven guy typically would, but just the nature of this industry and the way it is these days, steams these guys way up and uh and is is scary one of the guys i'm worried about being maybe the possibly the biggest bust on this board here could be terry mclaurin um coming off the board is wide receiver 19 in rt sports looking at the schedule that the commanders have to go through um knowing that one they play in the nfc east but they also have to play the afc east this year as well some really strong defensive units that they're going to be running up against and then the question marks surrounding Sam Howell and how he's going to perform uh, as an NFL starting quarterback here. I would much rather take guys like Amari Cooper, like Keenan Allen, probably Jerry Judy over uh, where McLaurin's going at wide receiver 19. How do you feel about that? Oh, I love I love Keenan Allen, man. And then again, it's one of those ones where I mean, Keenan Allen was a wide receiver too once he was healthy last year, right? Over the course of the rest of the season, wide receiver two in PPR behind only Justin Jefferson. And I look at a guy like Terry McLaurin. If you like a guy like like McLaurin so much, you must love Deontay Johnson, who goes much later because it's the same setup in terms of like empty targets. Uh, If if Terry McLaurin just happened to score zero touchdowns last year, then he would be going way down where Deontay Johnson is. And maybe, uh, you know, you can draft both of them. Take Terry McLaurin and Deontay Johnson. I just look at it and I'm like, why does one of these guys go so much higher than the other guy? Sam, like, if I had to pick Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett, I mean, Kenny Pickett goes way before Sam Howell in drafts. And yeah. anyone that's drafting Sam Howell, like Scott Frankel in the chat, is drafting him mostly because he went to UNC. But the other reason is because they want the rushing upside. Well, right. rushing upside doesn't help Terry McCorn. So, uh, yeah, give me give me Deontay Johnson way later as an arbitrage version of Terry McCorn. Sure. Um, and the last guy of that top uh, 24 there was DJ Moore. Uh, someone that you know I've really gone I was cold on a lot I think more so because I didn't trust the hype a lot of people have been touting DJ Moore as like a top 10 breakout wide receiver for multiple seasons when I didn't find the quarterback or the offensive system to really ever be there for him in the style of play they wanted now he gets traded 
to Chicago. He's going to be their true number one wide receiver, you know, but has the quarterback passing game situation benefited him any more now in this situation? I think DJ Moore is better for fields than fields is for yes. more when it comes to fantasy value this year. But we saw that, John, you would have loved it at the expo because we were hanging out at the Centennial Park and the rumors started swirling. Oh, Justin Fields threw a 62 yard touchdown pass to DJ Moore because, you know, everyone's kind of talking and hanging out and you start hearing that. And I could people around me going, oh, I thought Justin Fields couldn't throw. And then we see the highlight and it's a screen pass with like, you know, a 62 yard touchdown pass with 64 yards of yak. Like, yeah, great throw. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, obviously he could take a step forward, but I'll tell you what, DJ Moore, because of the nature of the way he plays, because of the nature of what Justin Fields does and the chunk plays he can create for himself and for everybody else. If you're the person in the show that wins the RT Sports best ball entry, that's the format to take somebody like DJ Moore, because there's no question he's going to have monster chunk plays and touchdowns. The question is when. Right. right. And then with a guy like Debo Samuel, honestly, is like we know he's going to have an end around, probably a couple for a touchdown. But just sitting there and picking the day to put him in your lineup or not is is where you pull your hair out. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Uh, moving on over to uh, 25 to 36 here. Uh, these are your wide receiver threes essentially coming off the board at ADP over on real time fantasy sports. Uh, you got Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin here at wide receiver 27. Drake London at wide receiver 28, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens going back-to-back here over in RT Sports. Mike Evans, Marquise Brown, and Jackson Smith and Jigba makes the list as wide receiver 36. Talk to me, man. Which ones stand out to you when it comes to your wide receiver threes? Yeah, I'll tell you right now. It's the guy on the picture there, Deontay Johnson, man. That's 140 targets in back-to-back-to-back years. Like sometimes this game doesn't need to be as hard as we make it. We always preach targets and we're trying to come up with these hypothetical reasons that certain guys will get targets and certain won't. And then there's this guy sitting right here. And I know, uh, honestly, I've done enough drafts on RT sports between the best ball championship and the regular championship. And we do all our mock drafts on there for fancy alarm. I know that Deontay Johnson is actually low over there. So that ADP, he, he actually goes in, in on some other places, a little closer to 70 or so. But that's just something we can take advantage of when we go yeah. play on RT Sports. But I'm I taking. The, I will say the pitcher is George Pickens, but Deontay oh, Johnson also works. Uh, I was going to say a, uh, Deontay Johnson has been working out. Looks pretty <laughs> yeah, strong so, in that. Uh, Deontay Johnson 18, George Pickens 14. I like them yeah. both. Uh, I, I did. We did the uh, Kenny Pickett debate series article. Uh, Bridge Flynn took the anti. I took the pro Kenny Pickett, and the pro Kenny Pickett side of things is why not? Why can't he take it step forward? Because you're looking at these really, really good, talented wide receivers that he's throwing the football to. I really like Deontay Johnson. I really like the potential of George Pickens, who is a game-breaking playmaker, in my opinion, the way that he can go up there and just get the football. We saw what he did in that first preseason game as well. Um, Hurts my soul that the Patriots took Tyquan Thornton over George Pickens uh, in that NFL draft. But I'm a big fan of a lot of guys in this range, with the exception probably of the Buccaneers guys. Because I don't... I just, yeah, I'm not scary. Baker Mayfield. I know you're not a Baker. So. I know you're not a Baker. And, and honestly, it, if you people out there, that's another one where the way to arbitrate that is you go look at Chris Godwin's over under totals at sites like DraftKings and stuff like that. Man, he said it like, it's it's pretty bad. It's like under 800. And they have uh, Mike Evans at like 925 because, you know, he always has a thousand yards. But even if they're going to set him at not getting a thousand yards, 
for a guy that always does, that's a bit scary there, man. So I look at uh, Deontay. I kind of look at Deontay Johnson and George Pickens the way I do Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Very similar players. And, you know, George Pickens and Mike Williams are the highlight machines. But in full PPR, I want Deontay Johnson. In, in half PPR or standard, maybe you do go with the big play red zone threat guys. And I see Mr. Scampers in the chat here. Uh, shout out Mr. Scampers. I actually met him for the first time this weekend. He's saying uh, Marquise Brown being driven down, and that's another guy. Full PPR dynamo, man. It doesn't matter who the quarterback was. Last year we saw Cole McCoy and, when he got hurt, a, a, a myriad of other backups, and yeah. they had no problem just feeding this player. So as long as he's healthy. do we, Have you seen any update on that, John? I know he was a little bit nicked up at one point. Uh, let me take um, a quick peek here. It's not like he would have played anyway in the first preseason game. Um, but that's the only thing with Marquise Brown is – He's got a history of that, and uh, and you got to keep an eye on that. If he's healthy when I'm doing my drafts, I'm taking him. But if there's anything going on, hamstring, groin, any of that, then he's the kind of guy that that stuff gets pretty ugly. I know the, the early in his career was the foot, and that has healed up, but you know he's one of those guys that, that has a bit of the Will Fuller syndrome. Yeah, another team that has two wide receivers in this group here is the Seattle Seahawks. We saw DK Metcalf going in the 12 to 24 range, but we have Tyler Lockett as wide receiver 30 and JSN at wide receiver 36. Uh, we're going to have a debate series article coming out on JSN, uh, Kev Tompkins and Colby Conway breaking that one down. Where are you on the side of the table when it comes to these two Seahawks wide receivers? Yeah, the uh, I personally am still on Tyler Lockett. The When I look at the trajectory for guys like this, I, I can't help but see Chris Godwin, where it was Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, and Godwin had to wait his turn. It was year three when he finally became the full-time player and had that breakout, right? And Tyler Lockett is better right now than Deshaun Jackson was then. And when I look at the game this week, uh, Nathan Janke actually had the stats. I mentioned it earlier in the show, where the Lockett and Metcalf got the day off. They're veterans. They're probably starters. JSN as a rookie had to play. But when they went to 12 personnel, even without Metcalf and Lockett, which is kind of concerning, they took JSN out. What that tells me is JSN has a specific role within the playbook, right? And other guys were out there saying, okay, you're going to be DK Metcalf and you're going to be Tyler Lockett. And when it came to two wide receiver sets, the guys playing those roles, probably the backups for that role, stayed on the field. And JSN in his role, which of course is likely to be a starting role in three wide receiver sets, he comes out. That, even in a preseason game, things like that, you see him and they worry you. I would have loved to see, if you're a JSN fan, you would have wanted to see them say, okay, you move to flanker for this. that Because then then you say, okay, that's what his role is. He's going to be inside and outside. He was just inside. And that, that does scare me a bit. I think now's a good time, Coop, for our RT Sports trivia question here. So, uh, listen up. If you get the answer, put it in chat. First one to get the answer correct in chat will win an entry into the real-time fantasy sports best ball championship, a shot to win $25,000. Uh, in chat right now, let me know how many thousand yard seasons in a row does Tower Lockett have? Ooh, spicy. I don't even know the answer to that. Gotta get it. Gotta get it in chat. First one to get it right wins the entry to the RT Sports Best Ball Championship here. 
uh, over there. You got a chance again, $25,000. Enjoy the draft and get your best possible lineup each week automatically. Live drafts happen every night. Got our exclusive 100% deposit match offer up to $200 there as well. You got rtsports.com slash alarm. Promo code alarm23 for new users there. Uh, get an opportunity to take advantage uh, and win some cash uh, with the RT Sports Best Ball Championship, though. Uh, so the first person to get that correct answer in chat will win it. Uh, we got four from Scott Frangle. That is correct. That's it, man. So I Scott just... can go ahead and just shoot me a DM. Uh, we'll get him hooked up there uh, with the uh, with the best ball championship entry. And when I uh, I wrote my DK, I wrote an article just on DK Metcalf earlier this year, uh, but included with that a little snippet that says, "Hey, that doesn't mean we dra- don't draft Tyler Lockett as well." I mean, he since DK Metcalf has come into the league, he's outperformed ADP every single year. Last, you, you know, four years of a thousand yards. The year before that, he had nine sixty five and ten touchdowns. So I mean, this guy not only does he put up the the thousand yards, but these are his touchdowns the last five years: nine, eight, ten, eight, ten. Tyler Lockett just a baller, man. He He's just a pure baller. So yeah, I have no problem taking Metcalf. I have no problem taking Lockett. And honestly, the whole situation just makes me a little more interested in Geno. I know that. Uh, you had mentioned that you were a little worried he was operating at his ceiling, that he was a little too efficient. I, do, I mean, he led he, he led the league in completion percentage last right. year. So, right. I mean, it, it, it feels like there has to be some comeback from right. that. And, and, or, or he's just Jake DeLome, right? Like the rare like guy that just breaks out in his 30s, and here he is, you know? Here like, he is. But, hey, you know, and the, the other part that people forget is that Gino, we haven't seen – we hadn't seen him in so long, and we hadn't seen him in this offense. Nobody had tape. Nobody had tape right. on this guy, and now everybody does. Now everybody has a full season of tape where they can sit and nitpick and say, "Oh, look at, you know, when when they're running this play, Gino has his." his they right are doing foot. the smart thing though. They're getting him talent, right? Yeah. There's so many times we we you know we said we talk about management and teams, and they don't they don't surround and support their team, their offense with guys that can make plays. You know, JSN adding to that team, Zach Charbonnet adding to that team to go with Ken Walker to go with DK. They are loaded offensively to compete in that division if Geno Smith can just give them another good solid year uh, at the quarterback position here. Um, so yeah, congrats to Scott there getting that right. You see our producer, Ernie, putting the uh, email link in chat. You can go ahead and email that. Let them know you won the quick out fantasy football RT sports contest. Uh, and we'll get you the entry to that uh, best ball championship over there. Coop, let's break it down now. Wide receiver fours off the board over on RT sports. Uh, we ended with JSN. We begin with Jordan Addison here, mm-hmm. 94.61 for an ADP wide receiver, 37. Cortland Sutton, Jahan Dotson, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver, 40. Traylon Burks, uh, Gabe Davis, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore, OBJ, and Zay Flowers coming in at 46 and 47. Kendarius Tony at wide receiver, 48 here. Um, we talked JSN. How do you feel about Jordan Addison? Yeah, I mean, this range, and this is this is the exact range where you quote unquote make your bets, right? And it's it's among two guys in the same team. And if you go down the list, it's all there, except for one guy that jumps out to me that I think is pretty clear to us. And and again, this is why I'm making an argument for Jahan Dotson of this crew, but Jordan Addison, it's we know Jefferson's one. So the bet now is Hawkinson versus Addison. Who gets more targets? And if we get a situation where all three are getting over a hundred targets. Even then, when you look at the list of, of teams like that, one of the guys does disappoint. Like 
technically Adam Thielen got 100 targets last year. He got a lot of them when Hawkinson wasn't there, but you didn't feel good about them, right? So uh, you need to make a bet. It's Cortland Sutton versus Jerry Judy versus Greg Dulcich. Somebody's got to be the odd man out. Jahan Dotson, I feel like he's pretty locked in after Terry McLaurin. I, uh, even last year as a rookie, he was playing in two wide receiver sets over Curtis Samuel. So he's the one that I feel best of there. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks versus Michael Gallup's. Brandon Cooks is just, you know what you're getting, right? John, are you, yeah. are you doing the Brandon Cooks thing this year? I mean, it's. I am. Yeah. I, am, I mean, it's. I'm bullish why not? on the Cowboys. I'm bullish on the Cowboys offense. Um, again, I understand that it's a tough division, tough schedule for them here. But the one thing I felt that was really lacking in that offense was a wide receiver, too, right? Once Amari Cooper left, you know, we saw what happened last year with Gallup, slow to the take, and they really only had one guy in CD Lamb. And, you know, they struggled, I felt like, to get consistent production out of that next guy in that offense. Brandon Cooks can still ball. Don't don't sleep on him just because he's you know dying in Houston for two years. You know, like uh, this guy, you know, kind of overcame the the injury bug or you know narrative that surrounded him and has been a very productive wide receiver when given the opportunity to. And now he's not going to draw the top coverage. So right. you're gonna you're gonna give a very good wide receiver Brandon Cooks secondary look, softer zone, something to make plays while teams focus in on. C.D. Lamb, I love that for Brandon Cooks where he's coming off the board right now, uh, a guy that I'd be looking to get in, in a lot of leagues if I can. Yeah, when Brandon Cooks played with Drew Brees and Tom Brady, he was Brandon Cooks with touchdowns. And when he plays with other guys, he's Brandon Cooks with 1,000 yards with fewer touchdowns. <laughs> right. So why can't with Dak Prescott, why can't we have a 1,000-yard guy that has six, seven, eight touchdowns? And now you, now you just got Tyler Lockett. Now you just got mm-hmm. cheaper Tyler Lockett. So I'm in there. Uh, Gabe Davis by the nature of the way I, I kind of play this game. Uh, I'm in on Dalton Kincaid. I'm out on, on Gabe Davis. But if you want to make the argument the other way around, and Gabe Davis, honestly, I'm more likely to draft him this year than I was last year. I was going to say, that's the difference. the ADP now is actually kind of friendly. Yeah. And that's another one where I know we're focusing on redraft here, but Scott Frankel, if you just won that, you know, you just won the best ball entry there. Gabe Davis is a guy. Touchdowns are kind of king in best ball. Yeah. And you don't know when they're going to come but I I know they're going to come for Gabe Davis. And when you look at the players in that range, he's one of the few that they actually – almost all the guys in that range, they set the lines at three and a half, four and a half touchdowns with Vegas and those guys. He set it six and a half. I was going to say. That's what this guy does, yeah. You can get get, um, Gabriel Davis this year and be okay with 800 yards and six touchdowns because he's coming off the board as your wide receiver four. He's not being drafted as your wide receiver two. You You can kind of live with that. I'm interested, though, the guys at the bottom here. You have OBJ and Zay Flowers. We're kind of excited about what we think could be an improved passing offense in Baltimore. You've seen highlights of OBJ making plays. You've seen highlights of Flowers making plays here. You want some exposure to this offense. These are the first wide receivers off the board for them outside, obviously, of Mark Andrews. You know, Where are you going with the Baltimore passing offense? I mean, I honestly – the more I think about it, if we want to talk about the conditions that that lead to the highest possible upside, it's not the usually the guy playing with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett or playing with um, Dustin Jefferson and uh, TJ Hawkinson. It's definitely not the guy behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. It's the guy in the most ambiguous situation. And right. what if Todd Munkin's air raid just – it works, right? And what if they go full three wide receiver sets. They even took Patrick Ricard, the fullback, and they have him playing with the offensive line in practice. So they're saying, hey, no more fullback. We're doing three wide. So there's a real possibility. I mean, his floor is is low, but his ceiling's pretty high. So uh, I'm willing to take those stabs there. 
Yeah, I, listen, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's a pretty interesting spot to find those guys in. Um, anybody else in this range that you're kind of just keying in on? Like, this is a my guy, a I mean, flag, flag plan, maybe? Pull the graphic back up. Is yeah, it time it for me to, yeah. to annoy everyone with Michael Thomas again yet? Was he on that list there? Yeah, it's uh, right there. Wide receiver 43. Yeah, that's my guy, man. I'm in. And the thing is, even if Chris Olave's awesome, which we think he is, there's still room for two targets on a lot of these teams. You know, if Derek Carr can be solid, then why can't he be Geno Smith level guy where DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are solid? I mean, we saw it with the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Eagles, the Chargers, the Dolphins. The good teams have a lot of the good players and the bad teams have none. So there's a lot of teams. I'd almost rather have the second wide receiver on a, on a team that's at least willing to chuck than on these teams like, you know, the Falcons or Bears last year where they didn't sure. do a damn thing. So Michael Thomas, to me, if he's healthy, he could be Michael Thomas. And, of course, you know, if he gets hurt, then it is what it is. But it's baked in at that price point. Yeah. Uh, Juju also jumps out to me as, you know, we, we watched Bill O'Brien in 2011 with the, this exact offensive setup, two tight end setup at the time he obviously had Hunter Henry, sorry, he had, he had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, and now it's Gronk and Gusecki. But under those conditions, again, with Tom Brady, Wes Welker got 173 targets. Now, Juju doesn't have to be Wes Welker. He doesn't have to be Julian Edelman. At that ADP, all he has to be is Jacoby Myers. Right. right? And they, they could have had Jacoby Myers. They paid more for Juju. So if he can just be better Jacoby Myers, then he'll be well worth wide receiver 43. Yeah, uh, a guy that I'm, I'm willing to be hurt again by is Cortland Sutton. Uh, I was very big yeah. in on the Broncos last year, like I think a lot of people were. We bought into the short videos of uh, Russell Wilson running around a high school field, throwing bombs downfield, and obviously that just that just didn't work with Nathaniel Hackett. But now you have Peyton, a better offense, and they didn't really discount Jerry Judy's ADP at all from last year. But you're getting a discount on Cortland Sutton here, coming off the board as wide receiver 38, uh, 98 uh, pick 98 overall. Uh, so I, I'm in on Cortland Sutton uh, here this season as, as a guy that I think can really come back and bounce back uh, in a better offense and undo the mass here over on Twitch. I agree with you. Uh, how Walter has no wide receivers in the yeah. top 30. That's what we're talking about. They have Mark Andrews. Obviously, Mark Andrews is going early in drafts, but no wide receivers. You know, it's something that's questionable there. The people in the chat and the people listening to this have to keep in mind that the vast majority of fantasy gamers are casual players, right? Like the ADPs and all that stuff are generally created, especially this time of year by casual players. The fact that you have a Twitter account and you maybe have sent a tweet at any point or gone on Reddit or or joined this chat or listen to the show puts you in the top tier of fantasy gamers. A lot of the people out there, you know, are playing in office leagues and they don't know what's going on or they play in one hometown league. And those people can even be knowledgeable. But last year's results drive a lot of the ADP. You see it a ton at the tight end position, right? Like where Evan Ingram is still going as if he's going to be a top five tight end. And even I, the biggest Evan Ingram fan, say the conditions change. So if you come in the chat, uh, you know, do the math and say that you recognize that the system has changed, you've already done more thinking than 90% of the people out there. So you think in the right way. And we're, we're just here to help guide you through what we're doing but i love what you know scott frankel he says that michael thomas is going to get hurt and he likes rashid shaheed especially in best ball because he's a speedy outfield guy uh, outside guy you know what if that's what you think happens lean into it man right. absolutely could happen i've seen it happen two years in a row now 
three years in a row, actually, if you really think about it. So, 100, uh, yeah, 100% there for sure. I mean, you're right. Like, there's a lot of analysis, uh, sometimes here is predicated off of past results and not necessarily what's moving forward, right. uh, whether it be an offensive system change, a, a personnel change, um, just year to year growth. You know, again, one of the arguments that uh, we make with Kenny Pickett is, well, look how bad he played last year. Like, yeah, as a rookie in the NFL, they got thrown in in week four and like had to adjust on the fly. Like, right, there's right. so the, the quarterback position is one of the more difficult positions, the most difficult probably to learn at the game, the pace the no game question. is played at. I'm willing, you know, don't just hammer a guy his rookie year or we would have thrown Trevor Lawrence out with the bathwater after his first season, you know? Yeah. So th that's why in our draft guide, uh, the fancy alarm draft guide available now. Uh, if you go check that out, it's not just rankings. The rankings are in there and there's multiple sure. sets of rankings, but Howard Bender has a series where he goes through and he tells you exactly what offenses and defensive schemes have changed. He says, Hey, here's what's going on. I mean, you go to the Bengals. Everything's virtually yeah. the same. Zach Taylor. It's the same wide receivers. Irv Smith for Hayden Hurst. Who cares? It's all the same. You can count on it. And then you go and you look at the, the Ravens in there and you see they're not using a tight end. You go look at the Texans. Sorry, they're not using a fullback. You look at the Texans and you see that just this past week, Andrew Beck played every single snap in the first series. Mm -hmm. So they are using a fullback. It changes the dynamic. So that that series by Howard Bender is must read for me every year because I look through and say, okay, what happened last year? We can count on it. And then I look and say, okay, what happened last year? Right. Forget about it. So yeah, definitely check that out. It's a big part of what we do with the draft guide. In, in making you better at this, not just giving you the answers. Here we got the wide receiver fives here off the board. Uh, picks four, wide receivers 49 through 60. Sky Moore, Quinton Johnston, Adam Thielen, first Carolina Panther to make the board. Romeo Doves, Alan Lazard, Jamison Williams, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rondale Moore, Nico Collins, Rashad Bateman, Jacoby Myers, and Jalen Hyatt. You're 49 through 60 here, Coop. Uh, Jamison Williams is the, the image player here. Of course, he got hurt today. He's suspended. You know, how does this change your thought process on drafting Williams? Because, again, the wide receiver group in Rome in Detroit is uh, it's lacking some talent there, sir. Yeah, I, I'd rather – I still would rather draft Jamison Williams than somebody like Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston, to me, he feels like a double handcuff for highly injury-prone players. But, I mean – is he, if put it this way, if Mike Williams is Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen, Allen and Quentin Johnston is fantasy relevant, then it doesn't matter who got Quentin Johnston because whoever gets Justin Herbert is right. going to win the league, right? Um, the one that's if, interesting. If he can beat out Josh Palmer, there's a path for him to still play like 40 to 50% of snaps, but he needs someone to go down to play 90. Right. That's, uh, that's the case, man. And it's, it's so easy for us to see, say, oh yeah, one of, Mike Williams or Keenan Allen is going to get hurt, but you also have to think about if and when that's going to fit into what the heck you're doing at the time. And if you can even carry that guy on your bench, like if you only have four or five bench spots, you're going to wait around for the right time. And then, you know, when one of those guys gets hurt, now you have to be in a situation where you have somebody that you can take out of your lineup to put him in there. And you don't even know if he's going to pop right away. So right. it's just, it's a lot of to do and waiting for something that might not even happen. Whereas Romeo Dubs is out there in two wide receiver sets just this weekend. And Jaden Reed was the third guy. Clearly he played all his snaps from the slot, but that's good news for Romeo. No. Mm -hmm. um, one I don't know about John. And I want to ask you about is Adam. Thiel I keep looking at Adam Thielen here and I say, 
even this late, I don't want to do it. And he's a player that I have historically liked, right. but he needs volume now because he's not breaking off yak and stuff. He needs the touchdowns, but I don't know what to do about it. Do you like DJ Chark? Do you like Mingo? Do you like Hayden Hurst? I mean, there has to be some way to arbitrate this, no? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think rookie quarterbacks are obviously a little interesting. You know, they bring in Mingo with him, so there could be some chemistry building there with Stroud and Mingo kind of going through rookie camp together, going through all this stuff. But Thielen, to me, is actually kind of interesting because he can be a safety blanket for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, Much of the way like Hayden Hurst could be as well. But, you know, a guy that maybe needs a quick bailout or a short yardage dump off or something like that, that he knows, all right, Adam Thielen's going to be here. I don't have to really wait for DJ Chark to – you know, beat somebody downfield and let that play develop. Like Thielen's a guy that could be that bailout option for him. So I, I could see there being a scenario where Thielen is the leading receiver on that team this year. But what does that look like? 800 yards? Like it's not really, I don't, I don't like the prospects of taking Thielen there. Um, undo the math through in here. He could see guys like Hyatt and DBJ and Lazard outperforming their rankings. When it comes to best ball drafts, Jalen Hyatt is actually my highest rostered wide receiver. Um, one because of how ladies going in drafts, he's just always that like last pick flyer for me. But my biggest evaluation when it comes to wide receivers, and we do it, we talk about it all the time, Coop, is what does the room look like? Who's ahead of him on the depth chart? Is this guy really that much better than this player that he can't play over him? And the answer to a lot of those questions with the Giants is no, not really, right? Like Darius Slayton, uh, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, uh, Sterling Shepard, who we love, we absolutely love Sterling Shepard, but the man just can't stop popping Achilles and ACLs and all these things. Yeah. Why can't Jalen Hyatt be the number one wide receiver uh, on this Giants roster this year to me? Um, And that's a guy that I've just been grabbing over and over and over again. Exactly. And it's like uh, the way I've been handling it is I've kind of broken him down into categories. Like we love Sterling Shepard for the targets when he is healthy. He averages like eight targets a game. Oh yeah, him and Danny Dimes are a great connection. Right. But he's not really, you know, he's he's not really going to have a ton of hundred yard games. He's more like a, if he, the ceiling for him in the best possible world would be like an Amon Ra type dink and dunk player. Whereas Jalen Hyatt, especially in best ball, this guy can fly. And you look at the list of Fred Belitnikoff winners. They're not just giving that award out. Like this guy can ball. So yeah, I'm ab- absolutely interested in uh, the problem that I have with a guy like Isaiah Hodgins is that Darren Waller should be doing all the things that he did last year, but better. And they have a ton of slot guys. There's nobody does what Jalen Hyatt does. His role is secure. It's just a matter of whether that role is going to get consistent targets. But in best ball, you don't have to worry about that. Right. Uh, what other guys here on the list? We we saw DPJ here. We saw Elijah Moore earlier. How are you with the Browns wide receiver? Two Rashad, Rashad Bateman going after DPJ is like criminal to me. Yeah. Like Bateman, he, when, he's, when he was healthy, he looked good, man. He looked good. I don't say why Rashad Bateman can't, from this group, take the biggest jump of anyone here. Because he's one of the few guys that has that prototypical flanker style of play, like the Jalen Waddle type style of play, and he's capable of making big plays. He's just been banged up, you know. So Rashad Bateman, I'm not giving up there. Nico Collins is more; he's a split end, um, again injury prone, and probably more of a touchdown guy. And Rondell Moore is a smaller player that you know at times when everyone's hurt, he got big snap shares, but. He absolutely cannot block in the run game. Liability in the run game, right? So I look at this whole crew, man, and I don't see why I would take – I have Rashad Bateman probably at the top of this this entire screen of players. Okay, so your wide receiver, uh, Rashad Bateman's your wide receiver, I got one a lot. of the 49 to 60 group? I got a lot of Rashad Bateman. Okay. No question. 
Yeah, I haven't grabbed much of him because I look at the fact that they did draft or use a first-round pick on Flowers and then they signed OBJ. But I do get what you're saying. Like two years ago, or going into last year, everybody was in love with Rashad Bateman. The floor, um, the floor is bad because of Mark Andrews, right? right. Because there's, there's, there's not going to be three fantasy relevant pass catchers, but there could be two. So sure. that's the bet. That's the bet there, and that's why I said I have no problem taking Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, and I'm willing to be wrong on OBJ. But yeah, I mean, it could turn out that Bateman's just the odd man out, which would stink. But I just keep looking back. I look back on how they were willing to get rid of Marquise Brown because they had Rashad Bateman. Right. And I, it's hard to believe that they would have given up on that already. But hey, maybe that, that's going to be the play. They just draft a guy and get rid of the other guy. Would you go uh, back to the Browns question, though? Would you go Elijah Moore or DPJ? I So I personally like David Njoku. But if I'm going to take right. one of those, we like Amari. We think Amari's one. And it's David Njoku versus Elijah, Elijah versus DPJ. Uh, if you check my my Twitter mentions, DPJ's uncle told me when I asked that question that it was going to be DPJ, but I I didn't want to break his heart by saying I think sure. it's going to be Elijah Moore as a second wide uh, receiver. You got a couple more minutes left here uh, in the show. Talk to me about just some late round flyers that you got on your board at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I got a bunch, man. I wish we had more time for this section here because I know we got like like I talked about earlier. The people listening to the show usually in some pretty deep cut leagues. Uh, I'm still in on uh, John Mechie as a guy that uh, I, I don't think Tank Dell is an every down player. Nico Collins is more of a – I could see Nico Collins being like a Devontae Parker type player or a um, – Well, you likened him to Kenny Galladay when he was drafted. So. Kenny, Gall- Kenny Galladay, Corey Davis, right, a guy that is, is a big body. He can make contested catches. He can block very well. And a lot of things that coaches love that you don't get fantasy points for. Right. So John Mechie to me, the guy that we just haven't seen him play. He looked great at Alabama second round pick. Yeah. Uh, why not take a shot on, on just the random upside there. Uh, and I'll give you one more before I throw it back to you. I do. I've been taking a lot of in the very deep leagues, you know, industry leagues or 20 or 22 round leagues uh, taking guys like uh, Michael Wilson. So Michael Wilson yeah. is a rookie for the, the Cardinals. And there's two things going for him. One is that we've talked about the ghost, the quote unquote ghost ship teams that are just ushering money to the future with these skeleton crews. They don't care about winning this year. The Cardinals obviously don't care about winning this year. They cut DeAndre Hopkins. They're, you know, the quarterback's not going to be playing right away. They're just trying to get to next year. And we've seen that. We've seen the Dolphins do that. And Preston Williams got a bunch of looks. We saw the the Lions do that, which I'm on, they still haven't fully filled out that wide receiver room yet. We saw Kenny Britt have a thousand yards with the Brown uh, with the, with the Rams. We saw Terrell Pryor have a thousand yards with the Browns. Like this guy, he's in a position where uh, they, they, they don't have much going on. And the other part of it is that you look at the other guys they do have Marquise Brown, Greg Dorch and Rondell Moore. Uh, Michael Wilson has 30 pounds on the biggest one of them and four inches on the tallest one of them. So he's just a different, player than those guys are and and we've seen time and time again that teams like to have a split end a flanker and a slot so this guy could be a starting player for that team right away he's going crazy deep yeah i I like that i think i think that's a pretty good call on you i know that he's been on your radar um almost since draft night if you're happy he got drafted we looked at that team and then once the things happened with uh hopkins you're like i mean size plates now we're in right and it's like it there's always every once in a while there's a guy like that. Like everyone likes to think they were all over Terry McLaurin. But nobody liked Terry McLaurin before right. the draft. He was just a third round pick. Paris Campbell from his own team went before him. Like this guy's a third round pick. 
there's, it's not a joke. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he could easily be one of, if not the best wide receivers from this class. Cause we have no idea. Sure. Uh, I got Scott here uh, talking about Josh Downs. Love I have a couple of shares of Alec Pierce. I do like Michael Pittman a lot this year, but Downs could obviously be a guy that kind of comes out and breaks through. One, The dart throw that I want to throw out there is Van Jefferson. I understood I was down on Cooper Cup, um, but obviously Cooper Cup's going top five, top six overall. You're getting Van Jefferson for your last pick, essentially. He's going to be the number two wide receiver in this offense, and if something goes down, there's at least some potential where if Stafford can put forth a healthy season, that there's going to be value there where where he is being drafted. So, um, you know, for me, I think Van Jefferson's another dart throw. But again, I've been taking really just Jalen Hyatt as my as my last round guy there. Yeah. So, one quick last note on on yeah. on Josh Downs before we go for Scott Frankel. Anybody else out there that likes him? Josh Downs goes so deep in ADP that what I've been doing is I take Alec Pierce and then I have Josh Downs like ready to be added. If anything happens, like, so week one, if we go out and Josh Downs plays a full snap share and Alec Pierce plays like a smaller share, I'll immediately drop Pierce for Josh Downs. The reason I take Pierce is that you can't really do it the other way because Pierce gets drafted in many leagues and Downs doesn't. So that's kind of how I'm handling that one if possible. But if it's a deeper league and you have to pick one or the other, I might just pick Downs at his ADP. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, guys, that's the show this week. Of course, Coop and I will be back next Wednesday. Tune in. We'll break down some more redraft. ADPs. Get the fantasy football draft guide. Sign up now. Become an all pro member. Fantasylarm.com slash win. Get an opportunity. Seven day free trial. Draft guide. Cheat sheet. All the fun stuff is happening there. Get us on Twitter. Stay tuned for Alarm Fantasy Football. Coming up next. We'll talk to you guys later.